do because we're not going to hear a new sermon. We're going to put into practice what we heard last week. And for those of you who weren't here last week, I'll do a little bit of a recap. Um, basically, uh, Gilbert, Dave's dad that we look after, um, he went into respite for three weeks while we went to a family wedding and a holiday. And he came back with a, a nice surprise gift, which developed two days later, which was a very nasty head and chest cold. Wasn't well at all. Of course, Dave and I are his uh, chief carers, so we caught it. Um, and uh, when I get a cold, it goes to my head and my sinuses. Uh, when Dave gets a cold, it goes to his chest. Um, so we did, um, we were just getting top sight. Now, we didn't, yeah, we were just doing the middle of holiday club when it started to hit me on the Wednesday night. Um, Dave, no symptoms, so he did holiday, we both did holiday club on the Thursday, and I was feeling pretty rough by the end of Thursday, but we'd committed to drive to Manchester to uh, that evening, to stay overnight to bring our two grandsons uh, back with us, because Andrew and Karis uh, have uh, a big 250 plus people going on a young adults and youth weekend that they are in charge of in their new job. This is their first residential and so they wanted the boys to be have a holiday with their grandparents so that they could, they could have hands-on with the youth weekend, which was great, except we didn't arrive in Manchester till 12.30 in the morning, got to bed about one, and then the boys were so excited that we were staying, they arrived in our room where we were sleeping at uh, half past six in the morning. <laughs> so we left Manchester about quarter past 11 that morning, Bank holiday Friday, coming back here, there were hold-ups and stuff. Anyway, we eventually got home about half past six in the evening. Uh, the boys were brilliant. The boys were brilliant. Ethan had a cold already, which has gone to his chest. So at um, one o'clock this morning, he, I got a monitor on them because they're in a separate room, he was outside his room crying, he'd had a bad dream, but he was actually coughing. So from 1.30 to 3.30, I have been dealing with him. However, Saturday, Dave was in the park feeling pretty rough, talking to a lady, suddenly, bang, his voice went. Which is a relief to me. <laughs> I don't get the jokes, okay? I don't get the jokes, but... That meant I looked at him and he looked at me and said, you ain't preaching Sunday morning. And I said, I have two grandchildren. One at least is not very well. And I'm looking after you. And Dave's struggling to go and look after his dad because I can't take the boys to his dad's because those of you know the situation, I don't know what I'm going to walk into with two little boys. So he's had to pull himself out and go and do all of that. So he is absolutely not very good. Um, and so I said, you're not coming. And even if you not preaching and you are coming, you are certainly not coming because I'm listening to you cough all night and I'm not having them listen to you cough all through the service. You're just a distraction. So um, he didn't fight it. That proves how unwell he's feeling. So I'm like, okay, God, right, he's not going to preach. I've been up since, you know, 1 till 3.30. No time yesterday because of looking after the boys. No time for a fresh revelation sermon. But as soon as Dave told me he'd lost his voice, God dropped straight into my heart while putting to practice what you learnt last week. So that's what we're going to do. Hands up if you weren't here last week. Weren't. Were not here. You were not here. Okay, so that's good. For those of the rest of you, you can test yourself. I'm not going to re-preach my sermon, I'm just going to take the key points, because it is a bit like what you were saying about being armed and dangerous as a, a prayer warrior, uh, because we're talking about uh, sending in the praise troops ahead of a battle. And, and I was talking last week about thanksgiving, thankfulness, being thankful. And we read a psalm, Psalm 107, and we read um, right through to, to verse 22, which I'm not going to read to you, but it's in three sections. Um, and the three sections are divided up with one verse that is repeated in between those three sections. And it's found in verse 8, in verse 15, and in verse 22. And the verse is this. So lift 
your hands and thank God for his marvelous kindness and for all his miracles of mercy for those he loves. And those three sections, I'll just quick, quickly recap. The first section was about being rescued for the first time. And we've sung it this morning, that opening song. What was it now? Oh, happy day when Jesus took my sins away. The first time we encountered God's rescue, when we didn't know him, we were far away from him, we were in darkness and we needed him. When we called out to him to be our saviour, he came and rescued us. And so the psalmist said, so because he rescued you, lift up your hands and thank God for his marvellous kindness and for all his miracles of mercy to those he loves. And then the second section we looked at, and it was describing those times when, although we've been rescued the first time, we still don't kind of understand how important it is to do everything God says to do and to not do the things that God says you shouldn't be doing those things, to keep in step with God. And the psalmist talks about times where we have ignored God's word, where we've gone our own way, and the end result of that, 99.99999 times out of 100, is that we end up getting in a mess. And the psalmist talked in, those in the middle section about although we've been rescued, although we know God, we've gone our own way, we've got ourselves in a mess, when we come to our senses like the prodigal son, we go, ah, yeah, sorry God, please rescue me. And that's exactly what he does. And I don't know how many times that's happened in your life. It's happened many, 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 many times in my life. And I'm sure it will happen again because we're a bit thick and we think that we can make choices that are better than God's. God, I've got this one, God. Don't you trouble yourself about it. I've made a decision on this. And often it ends up in being in a mess. So it said again in, in that verse, because we have called on God when we've messed up, we do it again, lifting up our hands, thanking God for his marvellous kindness and for all his miracles of mercy for those he loves. And then we read the last section of, uh, of, of the first bit of this psalm. And it talked about God's healing, God's protection, God looking over our lives and um, protecting us. And I, I told uh, the congregation last week of a story back in 2009 where Dave and I were away and on the radio, we woke up to hear about a plane crash in Buffalo in America, the exact location. Our daughter was landing that exact morning. No survivors on the plane. And it, it was several agonizing minutes, I don't know how long it was, seemed like hours to me, for us to be able to hear that actually she was not on that plane. And the reason she was not on that plane is she took a cheaper route round Rather than going direct into Buffalo, she went fire somewhere else. And God protected her. So thankfully, our daughter was uh, safe. And we were talking about the times where we do know and we don't know when God's protected us, where you, we will probably never know. In fact, it's probably going to take the whole of eternity for God to rerun the videotapes to say, do you know when you made a fuss over that moment there? And you said, oh, I'm late for this and I'm late for that. And why, could, why is that traffic jam there? And why did so-and-so forget his wallet and we had to go back so we were late, delayed 15 minutes? Then he reruns the video and says, well, if you weren't delayed 15 minutes, you remember the accident you passed? <laughs> and we're going to have to eat a lot of humble pie when we get to heaven. When God said, do you know what? Well, do, you, do you know, I reckon my guardian angel, when we get to heaven, I'm going to spot him a mile off. He's the most exhausted one. <laughs> Right, that poor angel that's in charge of protecting my life has probably had his work cut out and he's going to be exhausted. But that's what God says. He sets his angels to guard over you. And so the psalmist is saying we ought to lift up our hands and thank God for his marvelous kindness and for all his miracles of mercy for those he loves. We need to thank God for his healing, for his protection, for his provision. So I was speaking last week about thankfulness. And you know, in the Bible, um, thanks is mentioned 116 times, but 73 of those times it says, give thanks. Now, there's a difference between thanks and giving thanks. 
There's a difference between Wes having 10 quid in this nice wallet. Is this your wallet, Wes? Great. I won't be nosy. But there's no cash in there, right? But there's a difference if he had a tenner in there of him having a tenner and a difference between of giving me the tenner, which unfortunately is not in there. Else we could have had a practical demonstration. You can have something, but the Bible talks here about when, if you're thankful for something, the Bible's saying you should open your mouth and your wallet, you should open your life, you should open the pen and write a letter, you should open the keyboard, the computer, and type an email, you should give thanks. It's something that needs to be expressed. So we talked a little bit about why it is good to be thankful and to give thanks. And so to recap, and as I am doing this, I'm just letting you know, we are, we're not going to be chanting the verse like we did last week for those that are here, but we are going to practically do what I've preached about last week and recap now. We are going to give thanks. We're going to give you an opportunity, instead of the full-length sermon, to actually come to the front or sit in your seat if you want, to actually publicly give thanks to God for stuff. Because when we have done that, then we're going to pray for some of the stuff that's in these prayer cards. But I, I talked about thankfulness and gratitude being important because one, it affects our faith. And one lady, author I've read recently, said this, if we aren't grateful for what God has done for us in the past and is doing for us in the present, we won't have faith to believe for God for things in the future. You need to be grateful for what he's done, grateful for what you've got, then that inspires faith to believe in God for the things that are yet to come. Also, thankfulness is important because it has the power to change our attitude. If you are in a difficult situation and you are miserable about it, your attitude towards that situation is going to be pretty negative. But even a, a, t- a tough situation and you are thankful to God, and you start to say, God, well, even though I'm in this difficult situation, Ashley, you did this for me, and I've got this, and that went right, and you start to focus on the positive, your attitude and perspective changes. And also he said that thankfulness is important because what you focus on will grow. If you focus on the negative in your life, and that's what you feed on, that's what it will produce. But if you focus on God and be thankful for what he's given us, then it will change, it, that will grow in us. Faith inspired will grow in us. And um, I mentioned that if you read your Old Testament, you will come across loads and loads and loads of times where God either did something brilliant or he helped the children of Israel do something brilliant. And every time he did that, he instituted a festival or a celebration that was to be mocked for uh, each year. And that celebration often uh, was lots of food and a holiday and lots of praising and lots of uh, rejoicing and also some, God encouraged people to give out of the abundance of what they got to give to the poor. And um, God instituted celebrations because he wanted people to be reminded about what they should be thankful for, right? And it's very easy, isn't it, to forget when you're in tough times, the good times that you've had, the things that God had done for you. So God said in the Old Testament, Whenever there's this victory, whenever there is this, then that and the other, I delivered you out of this. We're going to put it in the diary. That time, every year, you're going to celebrate. In fact, one of them was a, a, a time where they would have to remember about being in the desert. So God made them go camping every year. He made them get twigs and whatever and build a shelter outside and go in the shelter just to remind them that they, their nation spent 40 years in the wilderness wandering around until God delivered them in their promised land. Now, personally, I, ta- I, I take that uh, literally. We've done a lot of camping in our lives. So that's one of the festivals that we definitely celebrate. Uh, but it, it's just to remind people because they, we just so quickly forget the good stuff when the bad stuff hits us, don't we? And we need to concentrate that our Heavenly Father is a good Father even when the circumstances are not as we would like. 
We still need to focus on him. And um, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 19, it says, Always be joyful, keep on praying, no matter what happens, always be thankful, for this is God's will who belong to Jesus Christ. And we talked about uh, Jehoshaphat, who had three armies coming against him. So he set the people, to, he got the people together and he told them, let's be real, guys. I'm not putting them all over your eyes here. We have three massive enemies coming towards us. So what we're going to do, we're going to pray. We're going to praise. We're going to remember what God has done in the past for our nation. We're going to call to remembrance every time God has defeated an enemy that was far, far bigger than the children of Israel. We're going to remember those times. And he gathered all the people to do that. And in that atmosphere, one of the prophets got a word from God and he told the people, God's just told me that you are going to win this battle, but you're not going to do any fighting. Now, normally you go, give over. But they were in the presence of God. They were reminding themselves of times where maybe that's happened in their history before. So they had the faith for that. So when they heard the word of the God, they went, yeah, we received that. So next morning... When, the enemy, when it was time to get up to go and fight the enemy, King Jehoshaphat said, right, okay, in the light of that, singers, band, worship team, you're going first. You are going to walk into this battle praising God for what he's done in the past and what he's doing now because what is going to be in the future is dependent on our attitude and our faith in God now. And he sent the... Um, the praises in before the uh, enemy, the, before the uh, army. And the Bible says the moment that they started to praise, they sent them out as soon as they started to praise, God started to bring confusion in the three enemies' armies. And they started fighting each other and basically annihilated each other so they didn't have to fight. So it's very important be thankful, praise God, keep our eyes on him, and then hear what he has to say about our circumstances. Sometimes we have to go through those circumstances, but sometimes he changes those circumstances because we've had our eyes on him. So we made um, some points for an application. We said, we, we, those that were here last week, we had to decide to be more thankful. How's that gone this week? Maybe you could tell us in the next thing. Um, we said that we probably ought to be thankful, not taking things for granted, maybe calling someone up, sending them a letter, saying how grateful you are to them, thanking them for something they've done in the past. We said that we ought to throw thanks, thanks parties more often, right? Our life is going to have one. We're going to have one this morning, but it's not quite a party, but we're going to have a, an opportunity to give thanks. And we also said uh, we need to open up God's will in our lives by being thankful when things are pretty tough rather than complaining about it. So that was my sermon last week in a very concise nutshell. Those that were here, agreed? Good, okay, that's good. So we need to be thankful. So we're going to send out the praise armies ahead of our battle that we were talking about. Um, the prayer requests here that we need to pray about. So it's an opportunity for people to praise. So, Derek, you can start, because I'm not going to read this, you can say it, okay? And then you can start flagging me down. We're talking about being thankful. What, and it doesn't have to be like it happened yesterday or the day before. Something in your life, you think, yeah, I want to give God public thanks for that. 20 years ago... I was very, very ill at this time. Didn't know it, but a few days' time will be the anniversary of when I went into hospital to have a very serious operation on my colon. And as a result of the treatment that I had on that occasion, I have the wonderful addition to my eyes where I have glass tubes that drain them because the chemotherapy blocked my tear ducts. And when I went for my initial treatment, the uh, consultant at the time said, oh, you, you can have these tubes, but you'll probably have to get them replaced every five or six years because 
they stopped working. So in 2002, I had these wonderful tubes fitted in my eyes and I did have a replacement in 2009. But since 2009, they've been working fine and last Thursday I went back because I'd had some problems with my eyes about three months ago and uh, I thought I'd better get them checked out. So eventually I got to the hospital and we had the wonderful delight to say they're absolutely marvellous. I, I don't know how you've managed to do this for 10 years uh, but they're great. All she needed to do was just flush them out. <laughs> and so I've got to go back every year now. I, she says, I think you should come back more often. <laughs> so you're thankful you're still here, right? Because you, you could not have been. You were that seriously ill, but you're also thankful that of, of that. Great. Next. Dad. Um, we had a situation this last week or two weeks where you can be thankfulness to somebody else. We have a friend that uh, rings Jill. Well, it, it, she was a, a, um, a special uh, bridesmaid when we got married. And we've known her for years and years. And her husband, unfortunately, has died because he's uh, lost his memory and all sorts of things. And his wife has been, in a sense, a complete misery when she rings Jill to talk to her. Now, you can't say, well, we don't want to talk to you because you're miserable. We want to help her. So anyway, this last week or so, Jill, we sat there one morning after she'd rung and left in tears and complaining and being negative and trying to depress us. And we sat there and we agreed. Jill said, I've got a card that says all things about what God can do in your situation when you're miserable, when you're down, when you've got no hope. And, when you, you know, and, and so we agreed with this card and she signed it and sent it and, and sent it with a letter. And we prayed over the card that that card will be thankfulness to her to open her eyes to positive things in the Christian life. And I tell you, we, we had a big question mark whether she would accept it. Well, you can't believe it, but uh, was it Saturday or Friday? Yesterday, Judith came with the two boys, and of course, there was a load of noise and everything else in the house. The telephone rings. I pick it up, and it's this lady. And I thought, oh, dear. We don't want anything miserable and anything like that. We've got enough with the boys here. Anyway, when she, I answered the phone, and Jill said, well, you keep talking to her because I'm busy here with the boys. But when she spoke over the telephone, her conversation and the way she spoke and her attitude, everything was completely different and positive. Just listening to her voice just lifted me like this. And I said to Jill, Jill, you need to talk to her because you're going to have a big surprise. And this lady, through the card that Jill had sent and through the letter that she'd sent, which was really telling her what God could do and passing on our thankfulness for what he can do in her life, she actually was transformed in every way. Her attitude, her talk, everything. And when we put the phone down, we both looked at each other and said, that is amazing. So you can be thankfulness to somebody else that can change their situation. I want, to say I want to say thank you to God for organising a real treat for my son last weekend. <laughs> because he came with us, this is Jonathan, my youngest, he came with us to the Wilderness Gathering for the first time, wasn't quite sure what to expect. 
but he knew that they ran master classes in subjects people were interested in, one of which was nighttime and low light photography. And since he's a bit of a photographer and it's a bit of a hobby of his, he thought, well, I'll come along and I'll sign up to the master class. It's not expensive. There'll be sort of a dozen people in the class or so, I expect, and I might learn something. Anyway, the class was on the very first night we arrived, and he toddles down there with his ticket. And about an hour or so later, we spot him walking around the festival site, not in a group of a dozen people, but just him and the tutor, who is a master photographer. And it would appear that he was the only person to book onto the class, and he got a three-hour one-to-one lesson with a top photographer tailored to him. <laughs> for 25 pounds <laughs> so a big hand out to God for organising that one for him it made his weekend <laughs> around 24 years ago I was diagnosed with unexplained infertility so they then gave me some fertility drug for 6 months which made me very ill and very miserable so we stopped that I got pregnant twice and miscarried. And then I got pregnant again. And okay. uh, so about four years ago now, just over four, um, I was diagnosed with autoimmune disease. And that whole time the doctors have been like, you're not going to get to uni in September. You're going to have to, like, go after Christmas or something. And not only did I make it to uni in September, but a little over a year ago, I passed my degree with a first, which at the time seemed pretty, um, like, kind of impossible. Um, and it's been another year since then, and I've realised in that four years, I haven't had a single flare-up. Like, I've been completely... Like, there's been, there's been little rough patches where I've sort of wondered whether something's not quite right, but the doctor's always... So, Sort of going, well, no, your, your blood tests are fine. Like, it's clearly just general kind of stuff. So no major health issues, really, in the last four years, which is great. Um, I want to thank God for three things today. Um, in 2007... And there's this family that took me in when I came newly to the country. And they got a problem in their family. Um, there's a big sister and a little sister. So the big sister is married and they can't conceive. So I don't know what's wrong with their family. And the sister is going through the same thing as well. So my only prayer in my mind then was like, God, please, I don't have anything to give these people, but please, I want you to bless them with a child. I don't mind any of them. Just let a baby cry in this house. So um, I went to Nigeria 2007, and I came back. Um, I had a dream that I was pregnant, and I'm like, what? And my husband is not here. How am I pregnant? <laughs> So I called the one that was my friend. I called, I said, look, I've had a dream. Um, I, want it, I want us to pray together. And we prayed. I'm like, I want this baby to be in this family, not me. I'm not ready for it. I don't want any baby. And how can I even get pregnant? My husband is not here. So, you know, when you ask God for something, it doesn't happen that time. So when I lived there, um, it was like 2009 when my husband came. Then she gave, oh, I saw her on the bus. So she called me, like, Angela, come, 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 come. I said, what? And she went, I'm like, what's that? She went, I'm pregnant. She said, do you remember the prayer you've been praying for me? Praying for us to let a baby cry in this house? I'm finally pregnant. Because I said, she cannot get pregnant. She needs to do an operation or something before she can get pregnant. So I just want to thank God for that. She got pregnant and she gave birth to the child. And now someone that said that she cannot get pregnant, she, she got two kids now. So, <laughs> so I just want to thank God for that. Yeah. And in 2014, I just want to thank God for that, my boy there, because he's a miracle child. He was really, 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 really sick, when I mean really sick, at the point of death. 
So, um, he couldn't talk, he couldn't walk. In fact, everything changes. When we took him to the hospital, um, they thought he was mad or something, but he was not mad. He was actually possessed. The devil was tormenting him, but people don't know. Anyway, just to cut the long story short, so we knew what was going on. All we knew that we got to pray about it because it's a spiritual warfare. Even when we took him to the hospital, they run every test. They don't know what's wrong with William. Someone that was talking immediately couldn't talk anymore. The voice just went, and he can't even recognize us, nobody. As if that wasn't enough, and they made him paralyzed. He can't even walk anymore. So he can't even eat anymore. He was completely useless. So all we got to do, we all just pray, 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 pray all the time because they didn't even know what's wrong with him. He was just there. He got to wear pampers. He was totally useless. So um, they said, well, we got to teach him how to talk again. We got to teach him how to walk again, how to read and write, do everything again, how to recognize people. So they were just teaching him how to work. So they don't know what to do with William. And... Before six months, um, when I went to the hospital in the morning to visit him, and the first thing he said, he, was, he just saw me. He started smiling, Angela. So the first thing was I just started crying, you know, it's tears of joy. It's not as if I was sad. It was tears of joy because I thought I was going to lose him. So um, the doctors came and like, what is he talking? I'm like, yeah, he just called my name. He recognized me. So I picked up the phone. I called everybody. William can talk now. William can talk. He recognized me. So he started walking again. Someone that said they'd have to teach him how to walk. He stopped school and everything. So he started walking again. Everything come back to normal. So I really thank God for him. It's life. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> And thirdly, I want to thank God for our house. Um, we've been through quite a lot, all of us. And we thought we're not going to have a place to live. Um, a lot was going on. And God is really on our side, you know. And no one could help us. The social services couldn't help us. They were planning of taking the kids to care. You know, a lot going on. But... With prayers and everything, and spoke to Pastor Judith, and they helped us out, actually, with lots of our washing and stuff, because we didn't have any way to do our laundry and everything. And, and they were just to cut the long story short. <laughs> so we just thank God that God has given us a house now to live, not a house, a home, where we can call home for ourselves. So God has given us a house to live, a home to live. So I really thank God for that, and I thank God for our family and for the kids being a good kids, and my husband and all of us, they are really been good kids. So I really thank God for his protection over us. Yeah. This is more recent because last Wednesday and Thursday, I had the privilege of helping in the holiday club. Emily did the most brilliant job and first of all I want to say you know we should all be thankful for Emily and the Beryl family they really um, more than I can imagine the stuff they thought up and worked out and the effort they put in so thankful for Emily and them and I'm thankful the opportunity I had. I wasn't looking forward to coming to the holiday club. I will be quite honest. It is hard work. My wife had come home on the Tuesday and collapsed. She, <laughs> and that was the first day. Um, but it was absolutely tremendous to see those kids enjoying themselves and learning. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, this church does an awful lot in that way, but uh, that was something special for me anyway. So I'm thankful to God for that opportunity.
this one's a bit older. Um, about 33 and a half years ago, uh, there was a pivot point in my life. And that was the point when God found me and took me and said, you have a choice to make. Um, the thing that led up to it, I was on a very slippery slope, uh, taking increasing amounts of drugs and knowing that I would be dead within a few years, without a shadow of a doubt. And I was walking home one evening, smoking a joint, and suddenly I got really angry. And I shook my fist at the sky and I said, okay, God, if you're there, you prove it. And I went home and... Uh, three days later, my best friend, uh, who was, was a pagan proper, uh, we, we had stood on the stones at Stonehenge watching the sun coming up, uh, being part of the festivities there together. So I, I, I don't mean a, a, a pagan as in not a Christian, I mean a pagan. Uh, he was also my drug dealer. And uh, he rang me up on the Wednesday and said, I'll meet you down the pub. So I went down the pub and... He kind of, he was very quiet and didn't really, you could see he wanted to say something. And he said, I don't quite know how to tell you this, but on Sunday evening, I became a Christian. And it was Sunday evening at eight o'clock, which was the same time I was walking across that field, shaking my fist at the sky to within minutes. And at that point, I kind of went, oh, <laughs> yeah, I've got to do something about this and started uh, thinking about, thinking it through. And I knew, I knew that I knew that I had to give myself to this God that I didn't know. And I went to church on the 2nd of February, 1986. And I went forward knowing what I had to do. I didn't even, I can't even, I don't even know what the sermon was. I'd never been preached to. This was just God meeting me and saying, I want you. And I said, okay, God, I want you too. Uh, I went forward, uh, some people prayed for me, and the next thing I knew, it was 20 minutes later, and I was lying flat on my back, having been unconscious for 20 minutes. And for the first time in a long time, I was actually in charge of what I was doing. It, it, before, it was like I was being swept along by circumstance, being swept along by my life. But now, I was choosing... And I actually was actively choosing. I said, okay, Jesus, I, I want to follow you. Uh, how do I do that? Over the next couple of weeks, some uh, fairly remarkable things happened, which if, uh, it's probably too long to go into right now. But um, let's say that uh, the friends that I had, apart from John, all thought that I'd gone completely mad. Um, but... Uh, at that point, I quit drugs, I quit drink, I quit smoking. I didn't drink anything for about two and a half years. And I was working as a cocktail barman, just, which is weird. <laughs> but from that point, it was like the ailerons of my life were angled upwards. And I want to thank God for that, because without that, I was crashing and burning at the end of the runway. As it was, I took off then, and, and I'm still flying now. Yeah, a bit, bit blown in places, but uh, yeah, I'm still flying now. And, and I want to thank God with all my heart for that, because without that, I would never have met my wife. I wouldn't have seen my two children. I wouldn't have met these people, you people. I wouldn't have... so much that, that wouldn't have happened. So thank you, God. retired it's just coming up to six years at the end of August and I thought to myself what am I going to do with my t time <laughs> yeah you know I was looking forward to it but I thought well I've got to have something and I went to um, we went to neighborhood watch and one of the just a local meeting and one of the ladies a couple of times I've been there and one of the ladies said we're doing the St. Helier festival um, you know, if you'd like to help out in the store. So yeah, okay. So I went along and I got a leaflet about 
some other meeting that was going on, and that meeting happened to be held at Horizon. And I went along one afternoon, and just sort of said, oh, quite interested in community, and I'm sort of at loose end, what happens here? And Judith was at this meeting, and I think Dave might have been there, and she quickly jumped up, gave me a leaflet about the lunch club, and I, she said, well, we do this and we do this. I said, yeah, okay. So I went away and thought about it. And um, also, funnily enough, Jean, who the lady that's recently died, she was at this meeting and she said, oh, come along to the lunch club. We have a really good time. You know, you'd, you'd like it. And I said, yeah, all right, I'll think about it anyway. So a couple of weeks went by. And I, I went along and sort of got to know people and quite like what was going on. And Dave said to me one day, why don't you come to church one day? We'd love to see you, you know, just, just come along and have and see how things go. So I said, yeah, all right. Because I'd never really taken a great deal of church. I, I had a belief, but, um, you know, I didn't really practice anything. But I came along to church one Sunday. Yes. <laughs> and I thought, oh, it's a bit different. I haven't been to one of these sort of services before, and I thought, and I left, and I said, well, yeah, quite enjoyed it, but I'll, I'll see you, you know, I might come again, and here, I'm here, <laughs> and um, I think it was about four years ago now, or it will be in November, that I became a Christian and do everything through, with God's help now. Thank you. I just want to say thank you for a wonderful week. My son's been down uh, from Edinburgh this week, and I've really enjoyed his mess, right? <laughs> I've really enjoyed picking his stuff up and tidying up and ironing and doing... I've really enjoyed it. You know what? At every stage, I've had the choice. Are you going to fight? And God's spoken to me, do you, are you enjoying his presence? Just, you need to model something else. So I've actually said to him on a few occasions, no, he actually came home the other day and he found his room, his bed made, his clothes hanging up. And he went in, he came out and he said, thank you so much, mom. I think I'm taking advantage of you. <laughs> the next time he left the house, he left his room tidy, so I think it's working. <laughs> right? But, so that, that's what, sorry, I've got a few thanks that I've been piling up. The next one was uh, uh, about fear, right? Before I came to this church, I realized while I was sat here today that my life was dominated with fear, fear of everything, fear of catastrophe, fear of failing, fear of not being good enough, and all of that. So I really thank God for bringing me to Horizon Church because it was in this place that my fear was replaced with faith. Right. So I give thanks. Right. And finally, there's one more. When I was 27 years old, I was uh, what to call it diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer, uh, cervical cancer, and. It was a very difficult time. I had several operations and I give thanks that I'm still here today because at the time I was told it may come back within five years. It's, I think it's about 38 years now. So I really give thanks. Yeah. Oh, we're going to um, look at you. Look, you've got to be quick, right? Because we've got to pray in a minute, right? Okay, um, this is quite quick. This is quite recent, but um, two or three months ago, I suppose, um, I started having a lot of problems with my digestion. And anyone who knows me will know that it's not like me, but I couldn't kind of get food down, and I knew I wasn't really eating enough. Um, and it was uncomfortable if I ate much. Um, and, um, yeah, I was losing weight. And eventually I went to the doctor. Um, 
who kind of referred me to the hospital. Um, went to the hospital and, um, you know, they're deeply concerned about this half a stone I've lost. And I'm thinking, well, actually, that's what I'm grateful to God for. Um, this, is, this is my silver lining in the cloud. Anyway, long story short, diagnosed with a small hernia and a lot of inflammation and, you know, acid and all that stuff. Um, but they've given medication, which helps. But, you know, I'm, I'm actually really grateful to God for my hernia because it controls my weight. Um, even with the medication, if I eat too much or if I eat stupidly, it's, it's uncomfortable. So, you know, the first time I've been able to have self-control over my weight in my adult life. Oh, dear. Um, I'm thankful to God for a fantastic job. Um, although I have challenges with finishing off my PhD and with my health, I have a fantastic job that I love that's not stressful with colleagues that appreciate me and the work that I do and that just support and value me. And that's the first time for a long while that I've had that. So I thank God for that. Um, firstly, that's not a thankful thing. Well, it is. I just want to echo Richard about the holiday club. I was really <laughs> reluctant to go and help. I was like, oh, kids. Um, <clears throat> but, oh, my gosh, I had the funnest time. It was so fun. And, like, you, with, Emily's clearly making a massive difference in their lives and everything. So this is just a quick plug. If you're thinking about your annual leave for next year, <laughs> take a whole week off because you'll need a couple of days to recover. Um, so don't just take three days. But, like, actually think about coming and helping, even if it's just in the kitchen. I had so much fun. Um, yeah, so that was quickly, quickly that. And then my, the other thing is, um, I wasn't going to say anything because I'm finding it hard to be thankful for, not the diet, I've got type 1 diabetes, so I'm obviously not, well, I don't know. Anyway, I, I was really struggling with it quite a lot, and um, everything was going wrong, and like loads of bad, bad, <laughs> loads of like bad test results and everything, and even eye problems and everything, and um but two weeks, a week and a half ago, I got um, on prescription, like only newly on prescription, you usually had to buy it, but um, a glucose monitoring thing on my arm. Um, and it's, it's life-changing. And so I'm like really thankful that this has kind of turned my diabetes life around. <laughs> and I'm like obsessed with scanning it now. I'm like, it's like a, I'm com constantly competing with myself and it's like, oh, it's amazing. So... And thankful for the NHS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Now, you see, you're getting into the hang of this thankfulness now. You see, you're getting into the hang of it. And, 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 and I'm, I'm having waves all over the place. But I've got, to, I've got to stop because the kids out, team out there are going to pull their hair out. So you've got into it. So, you know, use the purple praise cards for goodness sake. You know? When you next go to life group, say, I, I, I couldn't give thanks on Sunday, but I want to say this. We have to be more thankful and we have to vocalise it because some of you will now have inspired and encouraged by what you've heard other people said, right? So let's be more thankful. Let's be more vocal in our thanks. Let's write it down. Let's email it. Let's do whatever. So we've, got, we've just sent out the, pr the, the praise troops ahead of the battle because there's four things here. Well, five if I include my son's um, weekend away. So let's start with my family, okay? Selfish. I just mentioned them. Um, we're going to pray for Andrew and Karis and their weekend away. It starts Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with all of those young people there that God will absolutely zap that place. No accident, injury and illness, etc. Could you also please pray for Dave? that he makes a miraculous recovery and he's fully recovered for Thursday. He has to take this funeral of Jean that um, Sue Susan uh, referred to there. So please pray for them. So I'm going to stand here and you can come and pray for me. We are going to pray for Josh because his job is touch and go. He hasn't been paid a reasonable sum for the work he did last December and he's generally stressed about it. I want to pursue my book writing and songwriting, but there's little time at the moment. So we need to pray for a breakthrough in a job for him. And also, while you're there with that family, you can pray for them because uh, the loss of your granddad, your, your dad, okay, and all that, and the, the move, just the job lot with that lot over there. Okay. I've had a, uh, a text from Pam. She is back from Barbados, uh, but she's jet-lagged. And um, she's got something wrong with her heart, and she's actually in AF again. 
so she's not very well at all. Can we pray that it normalizes that she gets some rest and some sleep? So we're going to pray for Pam. And Marina, you're going to stand for Pam. We're going to, you're going to be Pam, okay? So you're going to extra blessing, right? And then Sue. Uh, the, I, I find this tragic. Sue's daughter-in-law, who's in South Africa, which, to be honest, that's probably a, a bit of a, an assumption, but there's a lot of crime in South Africa, isn't there? So I tell you what, you'd be thankful that you live in this country, even the mess it's in. So her daughter-in-law's family, boss's family, they were burgled last weekend and with, with violence tied up and stuff, so much so that the father died and the mother is in hospital. So we want to stand with um, Louise out there and Mark, who obviously will have dealings with this family, um, and, and yeah, peace, healing for that lady. She'll be traumatized. You know, we just we just need God to turn up. If you don't know how to pray, just say, God, turn up in this situation and do your best. That's all you can pray. Then do that. Okay. Okay. So there, there are the prayer requests we've had in. So I'm standing here for, for Andrew and Karis and their weekend and. Dave, we're praying for this family's loss here. We're praying for <laughs> Josh and all of that. And we're praying for Pam with, um, that Maureen is going to stand in for. Okay? So if you don't want to move, just sit where you are and pray. If you can move and scoot around those people, that would be great. 